This is a HeadGum Podcast. It was uh, Christopher Nolan is a chef now. He's starting to make uh, he's starting to make uh, tuna subs. Yeah, got it. But he's Christopher Nolan, so it'll probably be backwards. So it'll it'll be bussin' nut. <laughs> nice man. <laughs> Come on, a freaking chuckle. I thought you were gonna be on the ground with that one. No, I mean that was fine. Fuck it, we're opening the episode with that. Welcome to Lackluster Video. We are. We absolutely are. They didn't even hear the lead. Yeah, in. they did. They just heard the punchline. They just heard you backwards bust a nut. I will. T- I I will make sure that the beginning of it is in it. And the alarm and going the alarm off. Just going start on. again. Just start again. You phony. <laughs> okay, Billy's wearing a hunting hat and he thinks he's fucking. <laughs> what? What are you? Th- oh yeah, you're thinking. Hold. You're thinking. You're holding Caulfield. I mean. I don't or know if you, you are, want to say that. I guess you that, are. I'm not you gonna... think you are Holden Caulfield? I don't know what this is. I don't know, man. This is from... It doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah. Goddamn podcast. <laughs> Goddamn microphone. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to Lackluster Video. I think this is episode seven. I believe this is episode seven. Yeah. yeah. We, um... Then again, we've said yeah, every episode... We've, we have not it's... been coming out in yeah, order. Every, so. <laughs> every episode we say... Oh, what is this? Three? And it's like five. So, um... I think this is episode seven. One, episode seven. two, three, four, five. Six. Yep, this is seven. Last. Well, last and this is seven was... as a recording, and I think this will cr- come out correctly yeah. as number seven. Um, and this is uh, this is a big one because the people don't know this, but we've we've had a bit of a hiatus as far as recording just because of scheduling. Um, so I think this is the first episode since that we've recorded successfully since the podcast has come yeah. out. Pretty crazy. So thank you everybody for listening yeah. so far. It's uh it's it's good. We recorded one that uh we're gonna re-record soon with a guest. Um a very special guest. No. A spooky guest. Well, oh yeah, I guess it is spooky. Um yeah, because it'll be Halloween soon. So maybe I'm teasing, we're teasing a Halloween. That's called that's called a that's called a, a throw uh, not a throwback. What is it called? Fuck. Throw forward. <laughs> no, a flash forward. Co- no no no, throw forward. <laughs> he threw it forward. <laughs> Um, we're gonna do a Halloween episode soon. That's what we're trying to say. Um, but yeah, we um, yeah, I've been Halloween episode slash B day episode. Oh yeah, it's f- oh my <laughs> Whatever, fucking god, man. it's Billy's birthday. Everyone, it's oh Billy's birthday my. on on October thirty first. So uh, yeah, the big the big twenty one. So we're watching twenty one and over. Twenty one Jump Street. Swingers, Rounders, twenty one Jump Street. Nice. That's even better than the joke I was making. I was gonna go Vegas after. So okay, fuck. Sorry. We're doing twenty one Jump Street, twenty one and over. Yeah. Twenty one Bridges. Sure. Twenty one uh, laps. John Levy. I don't think John Levy's company. You're gonna do it. I don't think. Um. I don't think that that movie is called Twenty One Bridges. Yeah, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Is it 12? All I know is you're going to be 21 and a freaking... You're going to be freaking... You're going to be able to come over and visit me in America and have a freaking drink. I won't. I'm in America now. Um, that was part of the reason why we couldn't... I mean, that, that wasn't part of the reason why we couldn't record, but I was busy doing stuff. Uh, Billy's back at home in Toronto. Um, Moving. Oh, it's so hard. The problem is there's just so much ceiling. <laughs> You know, there's so much Billy wall space because the loft. ceilings are Billy so high. Billy lives in a loft and thinks it's really. I'm sick. sorry if there's like a bit of an echo. It's just that my ceilings are 12 feet Jesus high. Jesus Christ! Just like in a really up and coming, not even up and coming, just really hot, uh-huh. hot neighborhood in Toronto. So it's kind of an amazing. I said something place. really genuine the other day on Facetime where Billy was showing um some art, uh, like a framed picture that I made, and Finn said, "I don't." He said, "This is 
this moved me in a way that it's paintings not, no, don't move me. He said, I haven't been moved this way since I actually, no. since I saw Gustav Klimt at the MoMA. No. The Golden Kiss. He said that. <laughs> boy holding two apples. Or boy holding apple. Um, boy holding these nuts. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, no, he showed me a frame thing and I said, without any sense of irony, I said, Dude, that's so good. You should frame that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I said you should put that in the wall. I got, dude. You should put that on the wall. And it was a frame, so obviously he's gonna fucking put it on the wall. Uh, and he goes, "Yeah, man, you're right. You're dead on. I am gonna put that on the wall." That was that was really good. I couldn't. And then I guess. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this hat makes me holding Caulfield, and I guess your shirt makes you holding these nuts. <laughs> wow, two these nuts joke in the last minute and a half. What a fucking I read episode. the reviews. I was on Apple Podcasts, and they said we need more these nuts. nuts. Yeah. We need more these nuts yeah. jokes. Um, yeah, we've been we've done a lot of a lot of fun with this podcast. Uh, Billy, we've been trying to do this episode for a very long time. Um, we haven't found the time to yet, but we are doing Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy. We're going to be talking about that uh, right now. Um, Billy has seen it how many times? A few times, right? You just rewatched. It I've last seen night. it. I've seen it. Yeah, I watched it last night. I. I've seen it four times, um, and they, I saw it twice, like, in high school, and then once I saw it in theaters at the TIFF Bell Lightbox in Toronto. They did a 4K restoration of it, and they played it, and that would have been about a year ago. And then I saw it last night, which is the first time Finn watched it, um, and I think, I don't know how you, did you rent it? Yeah, I rented it. Because I think they have the 4K scan on iTunes, because the one that I had I mean, rented it looked, looked great. It looked yeah. amazing, Yeah. Which is awesome. I, I I think it might be my favorite Scorsese movie now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's my favorite Scorsese movie. It's because um, it's so many things. First of all, it's so funny. It's genuinely like the first of all. Who would have known with a title like The King of Comedy? Right, it would be funny. That but it would have been but a not funny in the movie. way that you think it's fu- not in the way of like a comedy is how a comedy is funny. It's that the character is so desperate <laughs> that it is. It's so sad and so cringy. But also just the best and weirdly like weirdly uplifting at the end, but also really fucked up. It's um, so cool. It's like the coolest. It's such a good movie. Um, and it's Scorsese, like De Niro apparently had read the script like six years before they made it, five years before they made it. and was like, we need to make this movie. And Scorsese just like wasn't really interested but he said after he kind of got famous and he was around De Niro more after he like really blew up that he was like, okay, we should, uh, we should make this movie. So pretty much it's about this guy who's an autograph collector uh, and he more than anything wants to be a comedian and he's obsessed with this talk show host slash comedian named Jerry Lewis. No, or, Jerry Langford. Is his name Jer- no, Jerry, Jerry Langford? Jerry Langford. Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis is, yeah. is the guy. Yeah, Jerry Langford. And he um, essentially is just this insane guy he has these delusions of being the greatest comic in the world but he's not very talented and he's just the most persistent guy ever and it essentially escalates from him with all these delusions he's having to stalking jerry langford and then eventually kidnapping him and uh holding him ransom only he'll only be released after they let um rupert pupkin which is de niro's character go on the show and have a 10-minute spot on the show as a comedian. Right, and at the same time, he's kind of in cahoots with another fan who he knows, uh, who's also the biggest stalker of Jerry Langford, who's convinced that she has a relationship with him. Um, 
And yeah, she she thinks they're dating, right. and she's like, we're having a bit of a communication issue, and they're fully insane, both of them. Yeah, and and there's such a like, this movie is so sad and funny and like, uh, just like the use of the locations are so incredible. Like they make New York, like they make Times Square look amazing. But he's not the set design is also insane. insane. The set design and the his, costume design are among my favorite. Ever. His outfits are among my favorite ever. And actually, well, have, he's also. He's, like, I think that what's part of what's really interesting about that. Sorry to interrupt. What's part? What's interesting about the costume thing is that he's wearing suits that he think Jerry Langford would wear. He's essentially wearing yeah. the same suits, but in different. Ways. I have. I found a cool like little bit of information actually about what happened with that character because they had read the script they wanted to make the movie De Niro was very um obviously unbelievably famous he was like the king of New York like there was no actor as big as him and Pacino really so he had that status of being like dealing with all these super fans and stuff like that um and all the autograph collectors who we found so fascinating but they were walking down New York and they found this tailor there was this tailor who's uh his shop was called wardrobe of the stars or something or suits of the stars uh-huh. and there was a mannequin in the window that was wearing the exact rupert pupkin outfit including a fake mustache put on the mannequin and they went this is him and they just walked in and they just got apparently like all the wardrobe from this one guy this like old new york tailor who was like i, I you know the suits to the stars Whoa. type of guy and it's really funny because they said the mustache actually is shorter on one side of his face. De Niro has this mustache, and it's like slightly shorter on one of the is sides. And he said that was because I think he grew it out yeah. for real. But they said the fake mustache on the mannequin was actually lopsided, and that's why they kept it for the movie. They thought it was such an interesting Whoa. touch. But it is one of it, it's the performances in the movie are so funny. They're so great. It's the most. There's a scene fascinating movie that he made at the time. Yeah, I just I, it's so it's so cool. I don't think well, Martin Scorsese didn't make another movie kind of like it. I mean, that's what's I think what's so amazing about Martin Scorsese is that he's also I really want to talk about Alice doesn't live here anymore soon on this podcast because he just like totally did he did some movies where you would totally not expect that you would totally not expect him to do in that era. Like he, you know, he made Taxi Driver he made um, he made Mean Streets. He made Raging Bull, and then which are all kind of cut from the same cloth. And then all of a sudden, he kind of started doing these movies, like he did Alice Doesn't Live Here, which is like a family drama um, about this mother and her and her child traveling across the country. And like he just didn't, he just did stuff that he wanted to do, and that interested him. Um, he said because also he had had a bunch of commercial successes and then just absolute failures as well. Like he made a couple of movies that critics and the people just what didn't like and they, they failed spectacularly. What's it called? New York, New York. Oh. He made like, and that was before, I believe, Raging Bull. Uh-huh. So he had made like. Um, he made Mean Streets. He made Taxi Driver. Mean Streets was like his, his first, first yeah. kind of big one, I think. Well, I think he made, he made what's it called? Boxcar Bertha oh, yeah. before that. that. Was his, I think that was his debut. But then he made yeah, he made mean fun fact about Mean Streets they filmed it mostly in L.A. I did know that, and it's such a New York movie. Yeah. It's so bizarre to yeah. me. Um, but they so he made Mean Streets, and then obviously Taxi Driver was like huge and just changed the game. And then he made a couple of movies that people didn't like, and then Raging Bull. And then he said he said in some interview that um, he was also being very humble, but he was saying that 
King of Comedy taught him how to make movies again. Which is weird to be coming off of, I think, Raging Bull and then say well, that because, because Raging char- Bull well, came out like two years before. That movie, though, is such a character. I mean, it's such an inspiring movie. Like, it, it, it's so funny. It's so, like, the, the, it's so dramatic. It's so, like, it, it just has everything going for it. It's so disturbing. It's so anxiety-inducing to see this guy just put himself out there constantly and it, to get shit yeah, on the entire but, movie. And he's so persistent and so crazy. And it's also so naive. He's like a little boy. I think that's also what's really funny is because he just will not stop. He's like a little kid. And there's a, a amazing... Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, everyone should just go watch it. Um, but it's not that long. It's like an hour and 40. But uh, he there's a, there's a specific thing where they're in... Um, the crazy, I forgot what the, the fan's name is, um, the girl who has, uh, who thinks she has a, a, uh, a relationship with Jerry Langford. Oh, and that actor kills it. She's the most, so incredible. That's the most infuriating character. So good, so funny, but so awful, annoying. Awful. And like so and she's, awful. she's rich. Both of them she, are, but she, that's so That's the thing good. that's so interesting about her character is that she's obsessed with Jerry Langford, but she's rich and lives in this super upscale brownstone. And uh, she helps... She helps uh, Robert De Niro's character, Rupert, kidnap Jerry Langford uh, in order for her to like have a night with him as well. So they kind of cut this deal. And they're inside the house, and she starts complaining to, 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 to Rupert, like, you're going to make me fucking put the gun on him? Like, I, I sh- it's my house. I brought you here. I'm the one that drove, blah, blah, blah. And Jerry Langford is kind of like trying to talk them down. He's like, listen, I'll leave, uh, and I won't tell anyone about this. I won't press charges. And Rupert's like, it's a great idea. Like, like he's just like t- takes everything that he says at face value, and she's like, "What?" Instantly yeah, falls yeah, for he's it. Like, yeah. What, what are you talking about? The minute he walks away, we get caught. And then he turns immediately back to Jerry Lanford and goes, "Is that true, Jerry? Are you gonna do that?" Like he just has no idea. He's it's he just takes so everything funny. at face value. Like everything he takes literally in the entire movie. One of my favorite scenes, which is so funny that this is in a Scorsese movie because you wouldn't think, like, coming off of Raging Bull and, like, Taxi Driver and t- stuff like that, that there would be things like this in the movie. But she, he's duct taped to a chair, and she's having a date with him, and she's showing these new glasses that she bought. She's like, Jerry, I bought these new glasses. They're crystal, really nice. They reminded me of you. Something about them just reminded me of you. Like, maybe the simplicity of them. But if you don't like, if there's even an inkling of doubt in your mind about you liking them, forget it. And she just whips the glass over her head, Super and you hear it smash. Thing. And then there's like a cat, like, <laughs> and like in the smash noise. And it's just like the most, not broad, but yeah, like a super slapstick moment in the sound edit that's so in place with the movie because it's so kind of fantastic well, and funny incredible. while also being grounded. It's one of the best edited Thelma, movies Thelma, ever. Um, forgot her name. Schumacher. Schumacher. Uh, yeah, Thelma Schumacher, who, who just, I think she won an Oscar for Irishman last year. She continues to be such an incredible editor. Did she edit it? She yeah, must she have, edits right? All I didn't movies. see that. Yeah. Yeah. But um it's so good. There's scenes where I mean, there's scenes where Rupert is having these like multi-layered delusions where fantasy he's sequences. cutting between fantasy sequences and reality and it's the camera work in it is done in such a smart way where it's like a shot reverse shot between the two fantasy sequences, but then it's cutting back yeah. to him in real life talking to like a wall and it's kind of revealing that yeah he's talking he's kind of crazy but it's the most it's just There's so interesting cuts, and fascinating. there are some cuts at the beginning of the movie where i was like i think it's the second fantasy sequence 
where I was like, whoa, is he, is this real? Like, I had no idea if it was real or not. Especially, I didn't know when he takes, for the first date that he goes on with the the bartender, I didn't know if that, at first, was a fantasy Because it sequence. feels like a fantasy sequence because it looks just like the just, fantasy sequence from before. But it turns out that he's just, a t- he's just lying to her the whole time, and he's a pathological liar and telling her that he's famous and that he's going to be on, he's friends with Jerry Langford. And she's totally falling for it. Or not really, she's kind of just being nice, but... And there, but I think that's also what's so interesting about this movie is that these characters are so genuine. Like they're all pretty amazing people. Like uh, there's a, a certain there's a character, and I don't remember who it is, but it's like one of Jerry Langford's like assistants that like is blonde assistant. Well, she's like a producer, producer. assistant, and assistant he, to and, the producer and or something. Robert De Niro keeps coming into the office trying to talk to Jerry Langford and every time she comes out because obviously Jerry Langford isn't going to come out she's a representative of him and she is so nice to him um and so she's the nicest most patient person, person ever she's like really trying to give him a chance but he doesn't get it he just wants to be famous right away and it's such an it's just so cool um and Jerry Langford it's such is a such cool a like, movie. Like, not even a shitty like he's just the king of New York Jerry Langford he's like everyone loves him like, he loves everyone. He's so, like, weirdly so nice to everyone. He, like, lets... Like, who else lets... The movie opens up with Robert De Niro literally somehow getting into his car, Jerry Langford's car um, because he's getting hounded by fans. It's really crazy. And Robert De Niro gets into the car and basically says, listen, I'm not going to take too much of your time. Just Just drive. Drop me off on the way back to your house. I just have to pitch something to you. And Jerry Langford just lets him. Um, he could be a yeah. guy with a gun, he could kill him, but he just lets him in the backseat and lets him pitch himself to him. And like, it's such a cool, yeah. um, what I was saying with the, with the kind of idea of like fantasy too, is weirdly they blend fantasy and reality where it's like, you're seeing it from Rupert's fantasy and then you're seeing it from reality, but then slowly as the movie progresses, the fantasy and the reality kind of mix in a way that is like the movie becomes fantastical in a tiny bit of a way, like there's a scene where Rupert imagines himself being invited up to Jerry's like summer getaway house. And if that's just like a full blown fantasy sequence, and then but he, somehow he gets the he address and he up. actually goes in reality. And he's like, Jerry, you invited me. Like, what are you talking about? And he doesn't get it because to him it's real. But then also maybe something I think, like, obviously the conversation didn't happen, but he did get the information somehow. The, I think, I think the thing was that he's trying to impress the girl and he's hoping that, because the whole time he's like, oh my God, come on, he's joking. You know, he's joking. Like, come on. Because I think he really believes it. Like, I think he, I don't, he's do, do believing you know his fantasy. Do you know why I don't think he believes it? Is because there's a moment where she goes up the stairs to his room or to, to upstairs to their room. I'm going to put that in. And he's and saying, saying, hey, don't go, up there, don't go up there. Don't go up there. Because he's like scared that like she's going to overstep and go and like, you know, see too much and someone's going to catch her. And catch them. But also, like, how did he get the address right, to his there's, private there's, summer getaway? I mean... How did... There's so many weird things that he's like, fantasizing about that are kind of coming true. Um, and I think there's a couple other examples. There's, I mean, but there's also... I mean, going back to the comedy thing, there's just such funny line. There's a there's a moment in which they're discussing what they're... The, like, the studio... Or not the studio, the, the network is going to do about putting Robert De Niro's character on the air. Are they going to, you know, are they going to not put him on the air? And, you know, maybe this, you know, maybe you could kill him. You know, this, this is like a huge thing. And then they're having this conversation out of nowhere, like the lawyer 
of the uh, <laughs> of the network just goes, we're suing him. We're suing. And they're like, suing who? And they're like, anyone. You. I'm going to sue you. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'll sue anyone. I'm the lawyer. I'll sue whoever. <laughs> it is so out of nowhere and so funny. Yeah. They're like, Jay, relax. Like, Jay, don't Jay me. I'm suing you personally. <laughs> it's so funny. And the scene, there's one that's really funny. Um, kind of the comments, I guess, that they're making on celebrity and stuff like that. Jerry is walking to work and everybody loves him. And there's like construction workers who are like, hey, Jerry. He's like, why don't you come down here? And he's joking with taxi drivers and like, oh, yeah, no pun so intended. Great. And then there's this older <laughs> woman at a payphone. And she's like, oh, hold on. She's talking. She's like, yes, honey. Oh, hold on. I think you won't believe who I just saw. Jerry, Mr. Langford, like, I really am your biggest fan. I've seen you. I, I, I've appreciated your work since the very beginning, like since your first appearance on so-and-so. And it's like, oh, thanks. I appreciate that very much. And she goes, can you please say hello to my nephew? I'm your biggest fan. Can you please say hello to my nephew? He's like, I'm busy. I actually have to go. She goes, well, I hope you get cancer. <laughs> Just turns on a dime to the meanest it's thing ever. So, it's so good. So funny. I I I just think that this movie is so. Inc- I don't think that there has been a movie. I mean, there's been movies that have taken inspiration. I don't think there's been a. Do you want to get into that about about? Well, just a, yeah. Wait, keep well, keep going. I, you know, then. I don't finish your thoughts. I, I I um. I mean, obviously, Joker took huge inspiration from King of Comedy and also a bunch of Scorsese's work, but also I think that movie exists as an original IP and um I totally respect that movie. Um there's a there's so many other movies that I think have tried to replicate this thing that it, it no one has. It's impossible. Um cuz he's still really charming and I think that's what's that's so great the about the performance thing. is that you're still kind of rooting for him even though everybody knows it's like no secret that he's insane and that what he's doing is really wrong and messed up and he's crossing all sorts of lines and it's so cringy like they really nailed cringe comedy and not to say that that wasn't a thing back then but, but just in a way that was so ahead it of its time wasn't. like the movie is so ahead of its time as far as the cringe comedy aspects just like the celebrity aspects kind of that idea of just wanting fame for fame's sake and doing whatever even though he's not kind of talented and that it's weirdly poignant now i I caught myself screaming at the tv there there's he keeps going back to the network to try to get a meeting with jerry langford and every time he you know she says you know uh we'll we'll get this and then you know we'll talk soon um you know you're you're not going to see jerry for a long time you know, like maybe, maybe not until Monday. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just wait here just in, just in case. And they're like, no, you, like she's being so nice to him. But she's like, well, it, it'll more be like Tuesday. So you're definitely not going to see him, you know, today. And he's like, I'll still wait. And he just waits. And it's just the fucking cringiest thing. And, and he just, and I think, I think the scene to really explain who this character is and what the movie is, there's a scene where he, um, calls, uh, Jerry Langford's office and he, you know, says, Hey, um, you know, this is so-and-so Jerry told me to call They're like, okay, well, Jerry's not in right now. And he says, okay, well call me back. This is my office. So I'll probably be here for another hour. Uh, and he's at a payphone. He doesn't have an office. He's just telling her to call back the payphone and it cuts. And he's been waiting there for the entire day. He's been he's sleeping on the payphone and waiting, like, that's how, I think that's the perfect way to describe this character, like, he'll stop at nothing, he'll sleep by the phone in order to hear something, Yeah, you know? man, it's so, it really is, and I don't, this is, like, kind of a spoiler coming up, so I, I, I would say, if you haven't seen the movie, skip, like, 15 seconds forward, because there's something with the fantasy element that's, like, really interesting that I'd never noticed the first time I watched, 
Um, but so he'll have fantasy sequences where he's talking to Jerry and then his mom interrupts him in real life from upstairs and she's like, go, go turn it down. And he's like, mom, mom, I'm on the, I'm in the middle of a, like, can't you and then, uh, at the end of the movie, we find out, he says that his mom's been dead for nine years. So the whole time he's been having not only delusions of him getting, talking I to Jerry, but he's having delusions of his dead mom yelling at him to keep it down because he lives alone. His mom's dead. So even the reality is not reality. He's so disconnected that it's this little thing that you like. Dude, I didn't I notice did the first time I was watching. At all. And it blew my mind. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Because it's just, you don't know. Yeah, he's having, he's living a fantasy within a fantasy within a fantasy. By the way, that and, was um, 15 seconds. That's, they, def- whatever, they definitely honestly. came and they definitely skipped 15 seconds. <laughs> they definitely skipped 15 seconds and go, yeah, this mom's been dead the whole fucking time. It's worth watching still. I don't think it's, um, I think it's like, Whatever. If you heard it, then you heard it. I but, think it's um, still worth watching with all these spoilers. And you know what? We're talking about movies, so you you should know from the beginning that we're going to be talking about everything about it. It's so good. Yeah. I like. I know we've said that a million times, but I really can't kind of recommend it enough. But yeah, we, I guess we could talk about movies that are sort of inspired by it because I think there's been a bunch, and I think that have done well. Um, even stuff that we've written, yeah. Or have been talking about writing is like very much so. I remember we were talking about a movie idea that we had. And I was like, you got to watch King of Comedy because it's such a, it's the perfect, it's like the, the prototype of that type of movie. Right. And if you think about Joker, obviously is like very, very heavily inspired by King of Comedy. And that's not even, that's not a secret to anybody. Yeah, and there's Todd like Phillips De Niro being in it kind of as a Jerry Langford type character is like a cool thing. But also even movies like yeah, Spree, Spree totally. where Spree is like a very, very modern kind of like Kurt Crinkle, Crunkle, which is really funny. Is like kind of like the the yeah, influencer he is, he's, Rupert Pupkin. He's super likable, and that's the thing. He's super likable, and he's like slowly as the movie goes on, he becomes more unhinged and more disconnected from reality. But also, it ends the same. The movie. It's what I noticed. It totally ends exactly the. I mean, Spree and what's it called it ends exactly. It's the so same. it's so good. It's also. I mean, I guess. I'm just thinking about the influence in so many different movies. I guess like Airheads, but that's mostly just Dog Dash and like a comedy spin. That's what my dad was saying. He said that last night when we were watching it, he said to me that, he said, oh, this is weirdly structurally similar to Dog Dash. Yeah, it really kind of is similar. And then also, that's why I feel like Airheads is just like a mix of those two. And then you throw in like the goofiness of like just the full blown goofiness of like Sandler and, and them. But Man, that's a great. I love. I love the. Well, I love the concept to that movie. I think it's good, but I, I like. I really enjoy Airheads. But yeah, the idea of just a tape trying to get a tape on on the radio. Yeah. It's so so cool. It's so. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you really want to talk about in terms of King of Comedy. If there's anything specifically, the the, the music yeah, is the awesome. Incredible. The opening credits are like yeah, the opening credits just are so are... cool different from any opening credits that i've seen in any tar- or not Tarantino, jesus any uh uh scorsese movie um it's a freeze frame with sweeping orchestral music and then it then it, it after the credits stop after it's directed by mark scorsese it just cuts directly back in from the freeze frame um, yeah it feels like kind of in a weird way and this is maybe just like a super pretentious like anal- analyst analyzation yeah, sure. of that um, but it feels kind of like it's of like a classy opening of a time that like has gone by and it's that kind of like Jerry Langford type of 
opening, like the very suave, the music is just of that kind of period in that class. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that fantasy that Rupert has of what his life is. And then it cuts to the reality it's of it chaos. straight into his sequence, which I mean, maybe that's just bullshit. And he thought it looked cool, but it does feel like it's something that's, it. it's just so different than anything. Yeah that comes out kind of now just in terms of the pacing the opening is like so slow like a really long freeze frame on the credits and um i think it works yeah, totally, I, I think totally this does. i think this scorsese i think the scorsese guy really knows what he's the scorsese doing guy it's gonna be a huge one scorsese day. or whatever the hell his name yeah. is so moral of the story scorsese is gonna be huge um all right you want to play a game okay let's do it let's do it um, um we- uh, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I, and that's that's my cue to do this. Um, since this is the first one that we're recording, I put out a, th- uh, a little Instagram story last night of, oh, uh, I, w- I was like, oh, we should get the, the listeners and the followers of the podcast to give us the suggestions for the actors and the titles of the movie because, Bad idea. I mean, why not? It, I checked one. And then I was like, "This is a mistake <laughs> because because the um uh definitely okay, cool. we we had good, to. Good. I'll look through right now, but I will tell you if I can find it. View responses. A few of them were like, the two actors are are Finn and at Wolfhard Fan eighty two, and the title of the movie is Finn falls in love with me and follows me on Instagram at Wolfhard Fan eighty two. Oh, so man. I mean, I'll pick I'll pick I'm a random one. Um, what I could also do is I could also pick the actors from one and the sure um, the title from another because yeah, some yeah, of them yeah, are let's like do that. let's do that. Leo DeCap and Tobey Maguire in Spider Man right. and Jack from the Titanic, and <laughs> right. it's like, well, I feel like you know what you you know what yeah. you're gonna get with yeah. that one. Wow. Okay, here we go. So randomly selecting, let's see. Oh, they are, and people are putting dead dead people as well. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So even, even the real people, even this. the real live people that isn't the fucking uh, isn't the random name generator are putting dead people too. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, uh, people love it apparently. Okay, so this is one that we got from uh, Rebecca03, but it's spelled like R.E.B.E.K.A.H.03. And they said Oprah Winfrey and Johnny Depp. Okay. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> sorry, there's some really funny stuff that's coming up here. And um, all right, this is another funny one, and this is the title... From Lily Bethany, Lily Bethany, I believe. Uh, why I didn't, why I didn't meet your mother. <laughs> who is who is? <laughs> Which I think is pretty good. Johnny Depp it was Oprah Johnny and Johnny okay. Depp. Got it. In why I didn't meet your mother. Okay. <laughs> Johnny Depp plays a pirate, but not Jack Sparrow pirate. Okay, this is a pirate. He's fat. He's he's not, you know, he's 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 not on his best legs right now. Um and by that I mean he has peg legs. <laughs> and um he's you know but not his best peg legs. He misplaced right, his good exactly. peg legs and now he has his backups, yes, exactly. yeah. He kind of has this uh, you know, this ragtag group of pirates. He's going around, you know, swashbuckling. But you know, he's been really lonely and he misses his old love played by Oprah Winfrey. Oh. Uh, so, you know, he starts thinking about old 
relationships, uh, and he realizes, you know, I gotta track down my old love. So he, you know, sets a quest on uh, to try to find his old love. He goes to all of, you know, his village, all these villages and all these places he's, uh, over the past, you know, little while. And then he goes and he, uh, he finally finds her and it's this big moment. Um, but it turns out that they have a kid. Now he's like, oh no, I didn't, you know, I just wanted to, to have, you know, to be back with my love. I didn't know that I'd have a kid. And, uh, it turns out that Oprah's character has been kidnapped. He has to go and with the kid to try to get Oprah Winfrey back because she has an amulet that uh, he gave to her a very long time ago. Fat Jack Sparrow gave to her a long time ago. So it is Jack Sparrow. He just fat and has peg right, legs now. Right. He lost his. Le- he got fat and lost legs, his legs yes. because they probably didn't yeah. have the type of uh-huh. like medicine or okay. Uh-huh. And so. <laughs> Uh, now they're on a quest to go find her. Um, thus, he hasn't he hasn't been to meet her yet. He's he found her daughter. So thus, so he he f- goes out to find her. But he finds her daughter. Finds her daughter, and the daughter's she's like been kidnapped. She's been kidnapped. Does she know that she's the father? That he's the father. Oh, interesting. Or is it kind I of reveal partway through? Rewrites, Billy. Um, this is sorry. My movie. I just I have notes. I have, have notes. Is all. I have a couple well, notes. Guess what? Yeah, I've already pitched up and down. Guess how the pitches have gone? I don't. I Bad. Don't know, terrible. Badly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they? Were they not responding to the fact? Absolutely Jack Sparrow not. With the no, one, of course not. The no. Le- yeah. Terrible. Probably hard to get the rights to do the Jack Sparrow yeah, thing. But you know. With no, like, it's hard to kind of, because that's, like, a pretty iconic character, I feel like, just to have him be this guy. I just feel like it would be, like, provocative. Peg legs and, I guess it might be, yeah. (sighs) Anyways, that was mine. (laughs) You can't do it? Should I pick one? And I'm just going to read some, I'm just going to read a couple that are making me laugh. Um, It is, Kayla gave us the suggestion of Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer reunited in chugging boards. (laughs) Okay, so that's it, pretty do good. <laughs> I don't want to do that. so good. <laughs> okay, fine. I will. Um, what the fuck is a chugging board? A chugging... Well, I'll tell you in about oh, yeah, a second. Sorry. So chugging boards is a multi-generational tale of masculinity in the modern age and, you know, in the past where essentially Timothy Chalamet is a, a young university student at a very prestigious board, boarding school uh, who's trying to get in to pledge a frat. And Army Hammer plays the old kind of frat house leader from back in the day, but he was like old school, like masculine dude who like got a bunch of chicks. He's like super ultra jock, like super cut from stone. And then T Shell's here, and he's like emotional, cut soft, from sensitive, cloth. kind of that new soft boy. Yeah, cut from silk, just ooh, so smooth. <laughs> and he's like killing it, killing it with the ladies now. But he's kind of that new school heartthrob young leo decap type so i guess really not that new school but kind sure. of you know the, the 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 duality of man the duality of of uh beefcake yeah. um and pretty much chalamet is gonna pledge the frat and he is struggling really hard and they won't let him in and then he meets army hammer who actually was kicked out of the frat back in the day because he got too much of a power trip and he's like if you want to make if you want to make it into this frat if you want to pledge delta zeta thighs then you have to you got to be trained by the best and it kind of is this like 
Rocky-esque relationship, like Whiplash, um, J.K. Simmons, Miles Teller, and it's like him teaching him how to frat it up and chug, and just chug all the boards, and just and pledge harder than anybody else. But at the end of the day, they realize that none of that crap matters, like frat, fraternity, brotherhood, or anything, when you're just really hot. <laughs> so they realize they're fine. And he's going to be really set yeah, forever yeah. because they're both really they're hot in different really, ways. Really and that's cool. And really white. Yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. They both go to a really prestigious school. So they're killing wow. it. So this seems like a movie that yeah. only, you know, the 1% can identify with. Uh, I'm sorry. Try the 100% of people that are into men <laughs> because they got every type of guy that you want. <laughs> I swear that's the allure of Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> I don't... I think it's a beautiful movie. Uh, oh, whatever, dude. Yeah, it's beautiful as in the people that are in it. All right? You got Hammer, uh-huh. the god, yeah. right? Chalamet, the prince. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of mischievous, soft... We, we've been over uh-huh. it, right? And then if you're not into either of that, Chalamet's yeah, I was just going to say that I was trying to find his name. <laughs> kind of that intellectual dad bod type. The guy from Men in Black 3, he's a G, um, um, Michael... Um, Call me by Michael, your name. Michael, he's yeah, in Michael A Serious Stolbarch. Man. Sto- Sto- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and if you're into that intellectual type, you got everything. You got it yep. all. You got, and you get peaches, too, if you're into that. Yeah. So, that's... And yeah. we're set. So, what a great episode. We've talked about a lot of things. We talked about Peaches. We talked about Timmy. We talked about Army. We talked about De Niro. An army of T-Shall fans. Yes. Um, and uh, we had a great time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys liked it, and we'll see you next week with another episode. of. Wait, Finn, I got a pitch oh, for what? you. The King of Comedy 2 starring Rupert Blumkin. <laughs> All right, see you next week. It's when you're Robert De Niro and you get a blowjob when you're sitting on the toilet. That was a HeadGum Podcast.